Welcome. I'm Essen Mogul, researcher and producer of the story so far. As our season comes to an end, I wanted to thank our listeners for joining us. It was a great privilege to meet many of the artists this season, and I could not thank all of them enough for their time and sharing their thoughts. None of this would have been possible without the dedication of our host, Tendesai Cromwell, and the rest of the team. Thank you, and I hope we can collaborate again soon. A special thanks goes out to Mohammed Shaheen, Artistic Director of the Silk Road Institute. This project would not have been possible without your trust and support. I hope you're pleased with the result. In our final episode of the season, Tendesai sits down with Mohammed Shaheen to discuss the founding of the Silk Road Institute, what inspires him artistically, and how the discourse of Muslim artists has evolved over time. Let's take a listen. As the host of the podcast, The Story So Far, I've had the pleasure of having deeply enriching conversations with Canadian Muslim artists across many disciplines. And we're very excited to share this podcast with audiences. Today, I'm chatting with Mohammed Shaheen, the founding artistic director of the Silk Road Institute and the executive producer of this very podcast. Welcome, Mohammed. Why don't you start by introducing yourself and talking about the podcast and some of the guiding questions you had when you conceived of it? Uh, thanks, Densai. Uh, it's been a pleasure working on this podcast with our incredibly talented team and yourself. The idea of a podcast has always been one uh, that we've been thinking about at the Silk Road Institute. Um, I think if you'd asked me this question a few years ago, I'd have probably said that we were just looking to increase the visibility of Muslim artists. Now, in the past few years, we've seen so much great art and storytelling by Muslim Canadian artists, but we haven't seen a lot of work done trying to document the overall Muslim arts landscape in Canada. Um, what does its historical, where you know, where are we coming from? Its historical roots, where we are, and what the future may look like. So, some of the key questions we try to, you know, we're trying to answer in this podcast are: What is Muslim art? What are the histories of some of the art forms Muslim artists are engaging in? Who gets to tell our stories, and how can we be more inclusive about the stories we tell about Muslim communities in Canada? What has the Black Muslim experience looked like? How can art counter hate and Islamophobia? And we felt that. There was no better way of telling these stories than by speaking to the artists themselves who are telling our stories. Through their experience um, and their art, we hope that uh, this will be an opportunity for Muslim communities in Canada to explore who we are and for Canadians to experience the richness and diversity of Muslim communities. Well, that's great. And, you know, so through this podcast, of course, we're exploring the story of Muslim artists. And in so doing, we're documenting the Muslim arts landscape in this country. And I think it would be really wonderful to then explore the origin story of the Silk Road Institute, which came about in the context of the reasonable accommodation debates in Quebec. Um, can you share how the Silk Road Institute came to be and what you envisioned for this organization? Um, it's been so long, it's sometimes easy to forget the conversations that we were having at the time. We started the Silk Road Institute. At the time, I'd lived in Quebec for several years, um, and it felt that the conversations around Muslim communities, as well as some of the other communities, usually happened through a political lens or a policy lens. We had the Bouchard-Taylor Commission in 2008, and in 2013, we were talking about the proposed Charter of Values at the time. But in all these conversations, it felt like we weren't talking about Muslim communities themselves. The individual stories that show the human side of things that was buried somewhere deep behind all the policy talk. For us, um, we wanted to create a space where Muslim artists and other under, underrepresented communities can co-create, where they can share and, and celebrate who they are. Um, it's really through arts and storytelling that we're able to see how similar we are, but also the uniqueness and diversity that tell the story of 
Canada and who we are as Canadians. So for us at the Silk Road Institute, this was um, a place where we can do that, really, where we can celebrate the richness of these unique stories and create opportunities for dialogue. And you know what? Um, SRI, or Silk Road Institute, also um, actually engages in theater work. And um, could you actually talk about specifically your theater work and the challenges of entering the theater space for um, you know, underrepresented communities? I'm just curious about that. So when we started in 2013, we really started with smaller events. We started with musical events, poetry, book clubs, um, and talks. Um, and uh, it was just because it's hard to get an organization like this going. As we grew, we wanted to find new ways to tell our stories. And um, we thought that we wanted a platform that was really engaging. Now, I've always been a huge fan of theater. And uh, luckily, also, a lot of the folks in the organization at the time were also, you know, lovers of theater. And what I personally love about it uh, is all the different pieces that come together in theater to tell the story. So, uh, of course, you have the artists, you know, the actors themselves who are live on stage. They're, you know, uh, out there. You're engaging with them directly. And for an hour or two, you get to immerse yourself completely in their world. But... There is also more than that. There is all the details that come together to tell the story, the set, the clothes, the lighting, the sound, and of course, the words coming from the playwright themselves. So in our strategic plan in 2015, we set out to create a theater company, but we really didn't get to, to a stage where we can do that and set, the, and we only had our first production in 2018. And it's because it's very hard for new players to emerge in the theater scene. Because a lot of the funding structures rely on past experiences of applicants, it's very hard for communities and underrepresented communities to enter uh, new spaces or new artistic spaces or engage in new forms of theater. Um, and essentially because to get the financial support that you need to do so. Luckily for us at the time, a private funder, the Inspirit Foundation, they were key supporters and they were able and they support they were key supporters of our theater program and uh, were key supporters of our first two productions. Since then, you know, our second production, we had this excellent second production and we got the opportunity to have it at Santor Theater. And uh, the folks at Santor Theater were just very welcoming and they really, by working with them for our second production in 2019, it allowed us to engage with such a large audience and such a great platform. And for us, it really is hopefully an indication of all the great potential that we can, you know, our theater program can contribute to in the future. And that's the beauty of the Silk Road Institute. You're not only um, sort of supporting artists, you're also being part of the art scene itself, which is incredible. But turning back to the podcast uh, series that we're doing here, the title of it is A Story So Far, which is I find very apt because the work that you do at the Silk Road Institute is fundamentally about narrative change through the arts. And narrative change in part is about you know challenging and shifting power when it comes to dominant narratives and rests on a deep recognition of the transformative potential of the stories we tell about others and about ourselves. So with this in mind, can you share your thoughts about the transformative potential of um, Muslim arts in our time? Um, the past few years have been just incredible when it comes to Muslim arts. I, I remember a few years back when uh, Little Mosque on the Prairie made, made its debut on CBC. Uh, it felt at the time that it was one of the first times we could finally see some part of the Muslim experience on a mainstream platform. Um, now we have such a diversity of Muslim voices and experiences being shared. Um, and they're not only shifting how we in Canada see Muslims, but for Muslims, it, it's also changing how we see ourselves. For the longest time, it felt that the arts had been used 
to misrepresent Muslims. And in response, Muslim communities wanted stories where Muslim characters were these perfect, you know, characters, perfect role models. And in a way, that was very one-dimensional. And uh, the truth is, we're at a stage where Muslim arts are having such a huge impact because artists are sharing genuine experiences, raw experiences in a way, where artists, uh, where artists, and also the stories that they're telling, you know, they're not perfect, where the characters can be vulnerable, and it's creating such a large impact. So for us at the Silk Road Institute, we've always seen it as not about people coming to just experience Muslim art. It's more about creating great art, and when folks come to experience it, they come to, oh, you know, they come and they're like, oh, wow, and it so happens to be created by Muslims. So we're seeing more, we're seeing a lot of that now, and it's just such a great time to be experiencing it all. You yourself are an artist. You're not only the co-founder or the founder, rather, of the Silk Road Institute, um, but you're, you're you're an artist yourself. You engage in photography, and, and I find you quite talented. How was developing your own, you know, artistic, your photography practice informed the creation of this podcast and then also deepened your appreciation for carving out a space for Muslim artists in this country? So I think for myself as an artist, and I think for all artists, um, ge- generally, we try to capture a part of who we are through the work that we're doing. And that's why I think artists are so effective in communicating because it's 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 raw, it's it's genuine. And for us, it felt that for this podcast, we needed those voices to be front and center because they are telling the stories of you know our communities. Um, I also feel that my experience or, or really any artist experience, is not reflective of the range of lived experiences that our communities have have experienced, are experiencing, and you know will experience. And so, while developing this podcast, it was really important for us to capture as many voices as we can across a variety of artistic disciplines to try as much as we can to capture that diversity. You know, I also feel it's very hard to you know practice art and dedicate the time to it. Um, I do feel that we need more opportunities to create and the resources and the spaces to do so so that can artists can explore and refine their craft. It requires time. It requires patience. It requires time for inspiration. And um, I really feel we need more opportunities for artists to experience that, to have the resources for that, and to share their work with wider audiences beyond their own communities. And, um, you know, I just wanted to uh, get a sense of what you hope listeners will take away from this particular podcast. I hope listeners will get to enjoy this ride with us and really get to experience the diversity of Muslim, uh, of Muslim communities and the Muslim-Canadian artistic landscape. And really, you know, as I was, as I was saying, really experiencing it through the, the artists who are telling, you know, our stories. We know that we don't have all the answers. Nobody does, really. And that's why we, in a way, called it the story so far, because through the experiences, through the eyes of the artists who we've been speaking to, we hope to answer some, you know, some of the questions that were animating these conversations and in a way exploring the common thread that connects us, but also, you know, the richness and diversity of all our communities in Canada. 
Thank you so much, Mohammed, for, for sharing this with, uh, with me and then audiences and the world. If you want to support the work of the Silk Road Institute, you can actually visit the website at silkroadinstitute.ca. You can also find us on socials on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Um, and please continue listening to the podcast and engaging and following with all the work of the Silk Road Institute. And once again, thank you, Mohammed. Thanks. The Story So Far is a Silk Road Institute production and was funded by the Canada Council for the Arts Digital Now Grant. We acknowledge that the Silk Road Institute operates on the traditional territory of the Ganyankahaga, presently known as Montreal. These are unceded Indigenous lands and a place which has long served as a meeting and exchange among many First Nations, including the Ganyankahaga of the Haudenosaunee Confederacy, Huron-Wendat, Abenaki, and Anishinaabe. We recognize and respect the Ganyankahaga as the traditional custodians of these lands. The show was produced and researched by Asan Mogul, script writing and editing by Anam Shaw, additional script editing by yours truly, Tendesai Cromwell, the executive producer and creative director is Mohammed Shaheen, music by Suad Bushnak, marketing and communications by Noal Salim, sound editing and mixing by Mark Knox at New Sound Productions, graphic design work by Hamza Ali. Special thanks to Silk Road Institute's Programs and Development Manager, Miriam Zaidi. For all of our episodes and to support Silk Road's future programming, visit silkroadinstitute.ca. I'm your host, Tendesai Cromwell. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.